Welcome back to the Devoted Podcast. I am your host, Caleb Shaner, and we're back in the studio, and the co-host, Pastor Ben Heffernan, uh, is not with us in studio today, and so that is okay, but Lord willing that uh, we'll get him back in the studio uh, next episode, and uh, so we're just excited to dive right into uh, part two of uh, relationships. Uh, we've been going through biblical manhood and what, what the scripture says about being a man and, uh, a man that follows after, uh, God's own heart and a man who serves the Lord with, uh, everything that he has. And so we're going to be talking about, uh, last, last week or, uh, last episode, we talked about, um, relationships regarding the home. And we talked about relationships between uh, the, uh, a man and his kids, as well as a, as a man with his his wife, and the relationships uh, that God has set, the boundaries and things like that. And so um, that was really good. And so we're diving into tonight in the in the here in this episode on relationships regarding. We're going to touch on uh, occupational relationships, church relationships, and even friendships in general. And so we're going to start with uh, the occupational relationships. We're going to, we're going to kind of dive into that one, the uh, the workplace, um, and we're going to kind of we're going to look into the difference between the employee and the employer, as well as the the coworker to coworker uh, relationship. And so, as we dive right in, you know, God's word has a lot to say regarding. Um, the, the, the workplace. And so we're going to look here in, in, uh, in what scripture has to say about it. And uh, it says in Colossians 3.22, it says, Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And so we've, if you work in a job, right, you're serving your boss. All right. There's, there's someone over you and you know, we've, you've got, you've got that mentality. You want to do your best and maybe, maybe the, the boss that you're working for, the person that's over you is, is not the nicest person. So it is hard to accomplish the goals that need to be accomplished and the things that they want to see accomplished, uh, just because there's a, there's, there's a wrongful relationship there. And so according to scripture, it's not for eye service. You know, we ought not to be serving um, our employers with just the, the thought of, oh, if he sees me doing it, then, you know, it, it, he'll have, he'll, he'll be pleased with what I'm doing. You know, and that's, which that comes into play as well. You know, you, you know, you want to do the best, you you want him to see that you're doing your best uh, for him, but it's, it ought not to be for, for, for eye service. You know, it ought not to be just so that he sees me and I get all the acknowledgement, but serving in singleness of heart, fearing God as a child of God, as a Christian, our, our mentality in the, in the workplace ought to be that we serve our employers with a heart for God. And that'll reflect 
If we go in and we work for ourselves, it'll show in our work. And if we go and we work for the Lord in our hearts, not pleasing them, not pleasing our employers, but pleasing God, doing our best for God, God will bless that. He will see that. And God sees everything. You know, there's, there's nothing that God does not see. But we can also become lazy as men. In today's day and age, it is, I mean, all caps, lazy uh, generation. And it's, it's sad to see. You know, you, you're, I'm constantly hearing uh, from different employers and, and businesses and owners of businesses that say that there's just no one that wants to work. The desire to work is not there. Several generations back, it was desire to work. I mean, you, and it was built in a man that he's going to be a workhorse. And he found pleasure in work. It was pleasing to him. And we don't see that anymore. We don't see the drive to work. We don't see the drive. As a man, you ought to have, and I go in with this mindset as well, that when I go to work, I'm serving the Lord. I'm at work. But I'm going to work my best and do my best so I can provide for my family. Put food on the table. Keep the lights on. Pay the bills. Provide a vehicle. Right? Those, those little things, they matter to a family. Proverbs 18.9 says, He also that is slothful in his work is brother to him that is a great waster. So being lazy, scripture, I mean, it is, God does not like lazy men. And it pours out not only in the workplace, but in the church. The church and, and, and in our families, it's just lazy. You know, the, the men, they sit back, play their video games. Now, I'm not docking video games, you know. I mean, if that's a way that you can get get away sometimes from 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 the stress of life you know there there's worse things that you can use but listen if that's your life if that's all you do you have to step back and reevaluate there's something wrong and it is because your heart is not wanting to serve the lord Ephesians 4 28 says, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. And in that verse there in Ephesians, listen, if you have to steal, lie, cheat to make a living, you you got to find something else to do. Because it is wrong. It's not right. According to scripture. But in today's society, we've accepted it as normal. We call it corporate ladder climbing. You got to cheat. You got to do whatever it takes to get to the top. Doesn't matter who gets hurt in the process. And usually your friends, your family... Your co-workers, they all suffer horribly, miserably. 
So, as an employer to the employee, you ought to lead a company, a business, with the heart of serving your employees as well. You know, so many times you see employers get up on the in their uh, corporate ladders and you know, they have a lot on their mind and a lot of things to accomplish, but sometimes they they get up there and they're like, "Look at me. I own this business." And they don't care about the employees underneath them. But if you are an employer, who loves the Lord and serves the Lord, you're going to serve the Lord in your business. You're going to give that business over to the Lord and let the Lord do what the Lord does best. Work everything out. Sometimes we we get anxious, right? The economy starts wavering. Prices of materials start rising. And it's like, well, I don't know how this is going to work out, but if I let go of some employees, now I understand there's there's economics. But if you're letting the circumstances around you control how you make decisions in your business, instead of allowing the Lord to work, then you're running a business for yourself and not for the Lord. Galatians 6, 4 through 5 says, But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. There you see the satisfaction. Proverbs fourteen twenty three says, In all labor there is profit, but the talk of the lips tendeth only to penury. Listen, labor, there's profit. Profit. You have to work to get there. To do your best. It's not just going to fall in your lap. Now, there are circumstances where things do. God allows that to happen. Proverbs 21.5 says, The thoughts of the diligent tend only to the plenteous, but of everyone that is hasty, only to want. So, listen... If you're only designing a plan, but and you're constantly saying that, oh, I, I have a plan. I have a game plan. Right? And you write it all out, but you never act on it because you're like, oh, it's too much work. Either revise your game plan or hit your knees. <laughs> and start asking the Lord what his plan is for you. Because it's only by his plan that things will be accomplished. Because everything that we do in our own will be striving for nothing. Coworker to coworker. We all have worked with those people, Right? And you're like, why? (laughs) Why, God? Why did you put this person in my life to work with? And you sit there and you think about it. And, you know, 
I've come across coworkers like that. And one thing I keep in the forefront of my mind. And I try. I try. There's there's times where it's like, oh, this is going to be a long day. <laughs> but I try to keep in my mind, there is something, a circumstance that this other individual has... gone through and I don't know what what they've been through over the weekend or I don't know what it's like for them at home but me as a child of God as a Christian my my drive my desire if it's going to be a long day Maybe it's annoying. Maybe they're just grumpy, angry. It's to have patience. And I know a lot of us don't like that word, patience. (laughs) But patience worketh in our hearts the things that God wants to refine us with and in. There may be an opportunity today for you to witness, to love on somebody. God has given you that opportunity. Maybe someone is struggling and the only way that they can show it is through their emotions. And that's where we ought to step back and and start praying for them. Not gossiping, not ripping apart that individual behind their back with some other coworker, and I and, and in the workplace. Listen, and, and it goes in the church and your friends. Gossip, man. Gossip is horrible. It's ugly. It's disgusting. When we say, hey, have you heard of such and such and what happened to them? And I mean, as Christians, we ought not to. And even in scripture, it talks about God says to stay away from gossip. The gossiping and and lying tongue. We ought to stay away from those things. That is not where we belong as Christians. That conversation, those conversations ought not to be even thought of. We have to uplift someone, not drag them down. There ought to be a place where we say, hey, if we got an issue, go to that person and say, hey, look, such and such says such and such. Is it true? Or, hey, there's there's gossip going around. Go to the source. Find out from the source. And if you got an issue with, with a coworker, talk it out. But as a, as, as a Christian, we ought, as Christians, we ought not to, to try to push buttons. Try to dig in. Try to start arguments. 
but we ought to share the love of God. And we ought to share his word and his truths every day. Maybe that coworker is not saved. Maybe you've been praying for him. But every time you work with them, you find yourself getting agitated. Now, have you took a step back and thought, well, maybe it's me. Is my heart right? Did I get myself right today? Did I get in God's word? Did I pray? Did I seek his face this morning? Are my thoughts pure? Jumping over to the church relationships. God has set a man behind a pulpit called a pastor, a shepherd, a leader. And his role is to lead, to guide, to direct, to love, to take God's principles and precepts and to teach them to those that enter those church doors and sit in the pews. He is there to counsel. Your pastor prays for you. He sheds tears for you. I mean, he's spent countless hours studying God's word so he could share it with you on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. He is a man that does not see a lot of appreciation some days. Listen, Love your pastor. Love on him. Love his family. They go through a lot. They see a lot of heartache. A lot of trials. The devil works hard to try to dismantle the pastor and his family. They show the biggest smiles and they have the biggest hearts. And we ought to give back to our pastors and their families. Write your pastor a note. Share some scripture with them. Pray with them. Pray for them. Stand with them. Not against them. As church members... Our heart and desire ought to be to see the Lord work in our own hearts. But also in the hearts of the community. It ought not to be just for words, for words sake. That we say that we are a church that wants to shine a light in this community. 
if you're not putting in the footwork, if you're not inviting people to church, if you're not sharing the gospel with somebody, then you're just a dead body sitting in a pew. Listen, if you're a Christian and you are saved, God has told us to share the gospel and to get those people who are lost and dying from sin into the church. To love them. Look, our churches are not social clubs. Our churches are not clubs that you just dance in and and you play loud music in and The church is a hospital. And whenever you think about a hospital, you don't think about flashing lights and loud music and people lively dancing around. No. When you think of a hospital, what do you think about? You think about hurting, disease. Think about people that need help. Spiritually, we need more hospitals in this world than social clubs. Churches today, we Get the biggest and brightest lights, strobe lights, fog machines. Get the best musicians that we can find. Play music. It's loud, crazy. Get the the the, the younger people up closer to the stage to dance, and we give a five minute sermon. Has little to do with scripture or God. But to make me feel good. We need to get back to those hymns. Music that pleases the Lord. That that God could use to soothe our, our, our hearts, our souls. Messages that convict our hearts. Not tickle our ears. We ought to see people come to church broken and not care what they're wearing. Or if they have tattoos or what their lifestyle is like. As long as they come to church and hear the gospel and we share the gospel, the salvation message with them, God will work on the rest. It's not our job to change somebody. It's not. It's not our job to say, hey, you can come to church, but you can't. Hey, oh, you're good enough for God, but yeah, you're too rough. It's not our place. Our place is to share the gospel with any and everyone. 
so many stories I hear of people who say that I've gone to church, but so is the, you know, the, the people didn't. They didn't love me. You know, I got weird stare. I got stared at. <laughs> or, sadly enough, I've heard individuals say the pastor told me to cover up all my my tattoos and to not come back to church wearing these clothes but we ought to share the gospel and love them as God loves them not love the sin hate the sin but love the sinner but we ought to love on each other in church too so many quarrels with members. Now there's going to be disagreements, okay? That that's just <laughs> that's just who we are as humans. One person likes something and the other person likes something different. That, that's just how it is. But we got to work together. I've seen so many churches close or split for petty things. Paint on the wall color lights we're going to get the carpet color just very petty things but we ought to love one another as God has loved us serving the Lord with gladness and joy And then friendships. Oh. I'm going to read a deal here from A.W. Tozer's book. The Attributes of God. uh, Deeper into the Father's heart. And it says... We want to hear about something that can tickle our fancy, that can satisfy our morbid curiosity or our longing after romance. But the great God is there, and we're going to have to face him now or face him then. This mighty God, like a great burning universe, will burst upon us someday, breaking down our hard defenses and destroying everything we've put up around ourselves, and we'll have to deal with him. And yet, the average man isn't worried about it at all. He sleeps well at night and thinks of his job and does it by day. He eats, sleeps, lives, breeds, gets old and dies, never having given a good, high thought about the great God who transcends all. This is the God about whom it is said, Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in 
heaven and in earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. 1 Chronicles 29.11 And yet, we care so very little about him. How tragic it is that men will follow their lust and pride, living for money, busyness, appetite, and ambition. No additional proof needs to be given for the spiritual death that lies in the hearts of men. A.W. Tozer, what he's trying to say there is, what he's saying is that we ought to love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and spirit. So as you go out through the rest of the week, as you meditate on God's word, as you develop friendships and relationships, let it be centered upon God. Look, who your friends are. That quote, show me your friends and I will show you your future. If you're hanging around friends that drag you down and that are toxic, you're not going to live for the Lord. But if you have friends that uplift you and encourage you in the word, those are friends you want to be around. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that God uses this podcast to speak to your heart. Thank you.